Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, Crack fans. If you're a listener of this podcast, I imagine you feel fairly similar to how I do about the latest clothing options made available across the tennis market. Now, while I won't call out any brand in particular, I will say this. Given the exorbitant nature of the latest designs, feels like you better be pretty freaking good at tennis if you want to wear that sort of clothing on the court. Now, thankfully, we here at Crack Rackets are now able to provide a far more suitable, far more comfortable, and I'm going to be honest, far more stylish option for all of our Crack Rackets fans, courtesy of our friends over at Lucky Racket. Lucky Racket uses some of the best fitting and feeling tees in the world. Their shirts are combed, ring-spun, heirloom cotton, and tri-blend Bella and Canvas. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds spectacular. So, how can you get yourself some Lucky Racket gear? It's simple. Just go to their website, luckyracket.com, that's L-U-C-K-Y-R-A-C-K-E-T.com, and use our promo code CRACK15. If you do, you'll get 15% off all of your purchases. That means 15% off the shirts, 15% off all of the incredible swag offered by our friends. Again, that's luckyracket.com. The promo code is CRACK15. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, August 20th. On this show, you will hear me break down the women's singles results at the 2021 Western and Southern Open. Let's be honest, in another chaotic year of results on the WTA Tour, these Western and Southern Open matches... They've relatively made sense, right? You look at the players still alive heading into Friday's quarterfinal round. Ashley Barty's continued to rock and roll. Dominant week of results for her thus far as she rolls into the quarterfinals now is going to take on one of the unequivocal, if not the breakout star of this 2021 season, Barbara Krejcikova, continuing her winning ways here at this event. Of course, you look at some of the other players to have reached the quarterfinal rounds. Angelique Kerber's been Excellent. Since the start of the grass court season, she's continued that success in Cincinnati, and now she's going to take on Petra Kvitova, who we saw earlier this season in her run to the title in the Middle East. When she's peaking, her peak is still just as good, if not better, than anyone else's on the WTA Tour. Of course, Karolina Pliskova has continued her success. Olympic gold medalist Belinda Bencic, a much-needed boost for her actual WTA ranking as she makes the quarterfinals here in Cincy. Teichman Bedosa as well, making big runs at this event, all of it leading to a fun championship weekend 
in Cincinnati. I want to talk about each of those results. I want to set up Friday's quarterfinal matches. Of course, before I do that, just a couple of quick reminders here, and then we'll get into the show. A, we're going to be live on the grounds of the 2021 Western Southern Open here on Friday, 4 p.m. live show at the Tennis Point Tent. You don't want to miss out. U.S. Open Tournament Director Eric Buderak going to be joining us, and we're going to talk about all this again, talk about all of the action, anything we've seen unfold on Friday, talk about some of the names, storylines to watch, of course, heading into the 2021 U.S. Open again. You don't want to miss out on any of that action, so be sure to join us. Tennis Point Tent, 4 p.m. should be a super, super fun day. Of course, if you need anything for your own personal tennis game, best equipment, best prices, tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15, not only to let them know we sent you there, but of course you'll get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. It's tennis-point, the symbol, not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. Uh, Of course, one other thing uh, I just want to mention, I recapped the men's singles draw earlier or later. I'm not sure the order Westoff's releasing them in uh, on the mini break podcast as well. So you can check that podcast separately. We talked USTA boys 16s and girls 16s and 18s national championships with Lisa Stone and Colette Lewis over on the Great Shot podcast feed. Damien Kust and Jakob Bobro also talked a little challenger tennis. So again, trying to play catch up here. As we know, we had a couple of days off from the pods while we were live at the 2021 Lotto Elite Pro Tennis Challenge. But of course, again, on today's show, Let's talk about these Western Southern Open women's singles results. And the place I want to start is with Paula Bedosa. Because we look at the way, you know, I think she's, if Krejcikov is number one, Bedosa's number two in terms of your breakout stars. The biggest jumps made on the WTA Tour this season. Now, Jess Pegula probably belongs on that short list with Paula Bedosa. They're probably both in that tier two caliber of breakthrough player this season. But you look for Paula Bedosa. I mean, she's done it across surfaces across the board now. 41-17 and 17 is Paula Bedosa in her last 52 weeks. You look at her results this week, 7-6 in the third over Petra Martic in round one. 7-6 in the third over uh, Arena Sabalenka in round two. Now 6-2-7-6 to reach the quarterfinals as she earns uh, that win in the round of 16 over the big hitting and also playing extraordinarily well still. Elena Rabakina of Kazakhstan. On. You look for Bedosa in this match. She won 89% of her first serve points, 71% of her second serve points, didn't face a break point in the match. That's the calling card for Bedosa. It's Brooksby-ish in the way she just fires out. It's usually 60 to, you know, 3 to 66% of her first serves go in. She's usually winning about 68% of her first serve points. Now, I suppose where she lacks from Brooksby, she's only at 43% on the second serve. But, you know, again, she both serves look very, very similar. For Paula Bedosa and the keeper, she just moves so well, shits her spots so well, can be aggressive from the baseline, moves the ball well around the court, and just, you know, it's an outlier. It's not overwhelmingly power tennis. She absorbs, redirects, and, you know, it's off of both wings, and I just, there's a fluidity she plays with, and she's clearly confident. She's clearly as fit as any player on tour, and look, when you're winning 70% of your matches, that's super... uh, that's just legit. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. And she's currently ranked number 29, but the advanced metrics far, far fonder 
of Paula Bedosa Jaber. She's currently 14th in the race to the year end finals. You look at the ELO rating, Bedosa up to number 21 in overall ELO. She's currently numbered 11 in terms of her 2021 specific results. And, you know, again, look at her splits against players ranked in the top 50, top 20, and top 10. In that 41 and 17 results, she's currently 18 and 7 against top 50 players, 6 and 2 against the top 20, 3 and 2 against the top 10 with wins over Sabalenka, Sviantek, and Ashley Barty. Uh, look, what's so impressive about Bedosa is her game. She's going to play a competitive match against anyone regardless of her game style because she's got the movement to hang with the big hitters. She's got the consistency to hang with the grinders. She's just damn good player. Like, there's no denying that. And, of course, you look for her 23 years old, turns 24 in November. Makes sense in terms of her ascension. Perhaps we would have seen this last year, signs of this, had there not been, you know, the long layoff for COVID because you look for Bedosa uh, in terms of just her results over these last few seasons, 57-33 and 33 in 2019. You know, it was 14-9 and nine in 2020, but had made, you know, second round of the Australian Open, was starting to make her move up the top 100, but obviously here in 2021, 33 and 12 overall to you know make semifinals of Charleston, semifinals of Madrid, finals of Belgrade, three consecutive tournaments. She then goes quarterfinals Roland Garros, round of 16 Wimbledon, quarterfinals Tokyo, now quarterfinals here in Cincy. What more do you want from her? Uh, that's as consistent as it comes. She's going to be in the mix for the year-end finals. She makes another round of 16 quarterfinal at the U.S. Open again. It's it's Barbara Krejcikova seasons point eight five. It's you know not the big title, but everything else just below. She's just in the mix, and in a year where it feels like there are fifty top twenty players, I think Paula Bedosa has been pretty unequivocally a top twenty player throughout the season. Again, against Rabakina, she just did such a good job with her return of getting that ball deep into the court, not giving Rabaka an easy plus one opportunity. She did a great job absorbing those first strikes and, again, doing something with the ball, not just giving Rabaka an easy second put away and, you know, throwing a slice up in the air. So credit to Paula Bedosa. Again, it's a fun contrast in styles to some of the power tennis we see from so many of these next-gen players. She advances uh, to the quarterfinals here in Cincinnati, where now, again, she is going to take on Karolina Pliskova. Pliskova down 4-1, I believe, in set number one. I want to say 5-love in set number two. Comes back to get her first win. No one beats Karolina Pliskova five times in a row over Jessica Pegula, 6-4-7-6. Look, Pegula's still been exceptional this season. And by the way, you look for her 10th in the race to the year-end finals. We may get Jess Pegula into the year-end finals. That I just like, wow. That's all I have to say. Absolutely wow. But uh, again, her ability to play the drive, the baseline tennis, her ability to play that first strike. She just has the sort of weapons from the baseline as a returner, the ability to move forward as a volleyer as well that, you know, it it, it, it makes it, – it, it exposes, let's be honest, Pliskova's weakness, which is her movement. But if you give Pliskova balls in the center of the court – as pure a ball strikers you're going to find in the women's game, her ability to go down the line, her ability to just take that ball early on the rise, her hands at the net. She's the queen of hitting shots from awkward positions because she has to do it so frequently. She's up to fourth, by the way, in the race to the year-end finals, and obviously this was a big confidence-boosting win for her uh, to get this win over uh, Pagula now. 
That's a really fun matchup, Bedosa versus Pliskova. Uh, in your, that's quarterfinal number one, of course. The big result of yesterday, Jill Teichman, who I feel like we've been on the bandwagon here for a while. We talked about it extensively when she made the final at the top seed uh, event over in Lexington back at the start of post-quarantine 2019, uh, 2020, excuse me, before she lost to Brady. Uh, look, I mean... There's, it, it's just the athleticism. It's how heavy she hits that lefty forehand. And it's just what I loved what she did against Osaka in a 3-6-6-3-6-3 victory is just sh- the depth of her ball. She would elevate that ball 15, 20 feet over the net. Just get it deep enough into the court where Osaka had to make a choice. I'm either taking a swinging volley or if I let that ball bounce, it could get over my head. And now I'm not going to be able to get my full turn into it. Now I'm not going to be able to play the assertive, aggressive tennis I want to play. Now, by the way, credit to Naomi Osaka, who took a ton of balls on the rise still, hit some incredible angles in this shot, Consider uh, in this match, considering the trajectory of the Jill Teichman ground stroke, but Teichman found the angles, Teichman found the depth, Teichman found a rhythm as a returner, and you look for Naomi Osaka, I think that's the low-hanging fruit, is like, she only made 51% of her first serves. Not a good serving performance for Naomi Osaka, and by the way, she just hasn't had that many matches under her belt of late. So that's why I'm not concerned about Osaka at all heading into this 2021 U.S. Open because, you know, again, I still think her best on a hard court is better than anyone else's in the women's game right now. And we didn't see her play her best in either, uh, or excuse me, in either of her first two matches, but she played pretty well against Coco Gauff in match number one. That was a good victory for her, and yeah, it was an off-serving performance today, but. Again, Teichman made her so uncomfortable, just put so much depth on the ball, and yet Osaka was able to find solutions. Osaka was taking the ball early on the rise. Some of the cross-court forehand angles she hits, I was just like, with that grip and that backswing, how do you do that? And there's still moments. I mean, again, I think that's the bright spot is you saw flashes of it from Naomi Osaka, and she's still got a week and a half to get ready for the U.S. Open. And then, you know, I would say... You don't really have the first week in a WTA slam right now because of the depth right now of the field. You are always on red alert, but she will have some time to work her way into her best form. If she serves well, it's the U.S. Open is still hers to lose, but credit to Teichman, such a tough out and just... I mean, you're not going to think of Jill Teichman as a Grand Slam, uh, you know, winner right now, and yet you watch her game for Teichman. I just think uh, the 24-year-old's got so much talent, currently ranked number 76. She's way better than that, way better than that. And I know her results of late have lacked, but when she plays good tennis, again, what she can do physically, the dynamicism of her ball, the angle she can find, her comfort level moving forward, her skill as a returner, she's got a really nice all-around game. Another fun, one of those outlier games in the women's game. Teichman with the three-set win. I thought Osaka played fine. Again, I'm not concerned. It's not red alert headed into the U.S. Open at all, Uh, but this victory was a credit to Jill Teichman, who now advances to play Belinda Bencic, your 10th-seeded Bencic wins over, I believe, in her first match. I want to say she beat Sloane Stephens, uh, Von Drusva, excuse me, in match number one. Then she beat Colin, uh, then she beat Rogers, excuse me. I think she went Bencic, yeah, she went Van Drusva, Rogers. Now she uh, gets a win yesterday over Karolina Mukova uh, for Bencic. It was ultimately, you look at the result. Uh, I thought a pretty good day at the office for her. Bencic ultimately earning, I believe, and I don't want to be incorrect here, but for Bencic, a 7-5, yeah, 2-1 victory before Mukova had to retire with a bit of an injury, but still... 
good day of tennis for Bencic, and you look for her again. Uh, the results she's put up here uh, over the course of uh, this tournament. I, I just think, you know, first tournament back, beat Shelby Rogers 6-1. and one. It was a funky match, but she was able to get over that finish line to beat Van Drusseva in the rematch as well. 3-5, and five. play three consecutive days. Now will be a fourth consecutive day of tennis. It's been good stuff. For, from Belinda Benchit, she's yet to drop it set, and again, she's someone who, who needs to be be confident to play her best tennis because, of course, Belinda Benchic is a shot maker through and through. Such a pure contact point. A little Pliskova-esque, honestly. That's not the worst comparison for Belinda Benchic. Um, but 3-5 and five is, or excuse me, but another good win for her to advance to the quarterfinals where, again, she now faces Jill Teichman in all-Swiss battle. You love to see it in the quarterfinals. In terms of the top half of the draw, I still am in shock. I mean, Ashley Barty yesterday... Dominant, dominant win over Vika Azarenka, 0-2, and Vika didn't even play that bad. It's just Barty's serve plus one game is landing. There's not much you can do about it. And just, again, her fitness, her ability to take your pace and just backhand slice it into nothingness and not provide you much pace until she's going for a big cross-court forehand or a big down-the-line ball and trying to hit the winner. She moves in behind it as well. She just gave Azarenka fits. Barty played a really, really well-rounded match. Fantastic result for her. She now advances into the quarterfinals where she has a matchup uh, with, uh, again, Barbara Krejcikova, your number nine seed Krejcikova yesterday. Three-set victory, 6-1, 6-7, 6-2, over eighth-seeded Garbine Muguruza. Uh, Krejcikova is just playing awesome tennis right now. And by the way, so is Garbin, and I'm sticking by. Garbin's got to win some sort of Grand Slam here in 2021. So I suppose I'm going to pick Osaka, even though I've already picked Muguruza, hypothetically with past pronouncements, to win the 2021 U.S. Open. But I may end up picking Barty, actually, instead overall. I don't know. It's... It's wide open. I mean, Krejcikova, she just absorbs her. I, I freaking love Krejcikova's game. It's so well-rounded. It's so smooth as well. Uh, that should be a really, really fun match. Barty versus Krejcikova. And then for you fans of 2011, 2013, 2015, 2017, you get Kerber versus Kvitova. Part whatever it is. But Battle of the Lefties, uh, Kvitova uh, yesterday earns, I believe it was a 1-2 and two win over own Jabour. I mean, again, that speaks to when the serve, when the forehand is landing. When Patrick Kovitov is good, she's really, really good. And of course, yesterday for Kerber, the probably the match of the day on the women's side, a 4-6-6-2-7-5 win over the always dangerous uh, Yelena Ostapenko. And yeah, I mean, for Kerber, absorb, redirect that first strike. She's moving so well. She's playing confidently again. It's a really fun mix here. And I, that's the fun part right now on the WTA Tour is even when it is a different name every week, each of these players have the talent to compete against one another. And again, up and down the board. Should be a really, really fun quarterfinal day on Friday. Again, it's going to be Barty versus Krejcikova. It is going to be Kvitova. Taking on Kerber, you've got Pliskova taking on Bedosa, and then you've got Bencic taking on Jill Teichman. That's the action in Cincinnati. I do quickly want to mention the action happening over in Chicago right now because we've got three of the four, uh, three and I would say maybe four of the break.
breakout WTA Next Gen 2.0 players uh, still alive in the event. Ann Lee, uh, Clara Liu, and uh, Clara Tawson all playing good tennis, electing to play this week, even though they didn't get into Cincy, uh, all into the quarterfinal round. Emma Rudakenu uh, also still alive in that event. The Wimbledon, what was it, fourth round appearance before she lost uh, to Tomjanovic. I mean, Claire Lou's just legit now. She's doing it across surfaces, aggressive from the baseline. I, I really enjoy her game, the explosion off of the racket as well. I think she moves well. Also, I mean, Claire Tossing that backhand. Mmm. One of my favorites of any next-gen uh, WTA 2.0 player. And obviously, already won a WTA title earlier this season. So, big fan of Toss. And then Ann Lee's the, the dark horse, the sleeper that we just don't give enough love to. She just cranks out quarterfinals and... She's awesome. Again, the depth in American women's tennis right now, I talk about it a lot with Lisa Stone in the Great Shot podcast we did. Super, super exciting time. You look at that WDA Chicago field. None of them play each other either. So it could be all four in the semifinals. You look now, it's going to be Radikainu versus Julia Niemeyer, uh, Claire Lou versus Diachenko, Lee versus Diaz, Sanders uh, versus Tossin. So fun action across the board on the WTA Tour here this weekend, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Cincinnati. We all should enjoy the event. I will say quickly, quick updates on the analytics you want to know. Top 10, 15, 20, 25 clubs right now in the women's game. Top 10 club, Sviantec and Muguruza. Top 15, you'd add Sakari, Sabalenka, Jabour, and Danielle Collins. New addition to the group, justifiably. We know how dominant she's been over the past few weeks. She's a top 15 club member now. Krejcikova, Bedosa, Serena Williams, top 20. And then Barty and Mertens round out your top 25. Yeah, those are the 11. Like, you're missing Goff. You're missing Pliskova. You know, but after that... Those are the names that have been most relevant this season. I don't think we're missing out on anyone. Pavlochenkova, fine. French Open finalist, that's fair. Uh, Kvitova, we haven't mentioned her, but she probably, when you get towards top 30 club, you start to talk about her. That speaks to sometimes that the downside's a little bit lower for Kvitova right now. But those are the 10 to 11 names when you're sorting through the chaos. It kind of makes sense that those are the names that have stood out. Again, overall, though continues to be as exciting of a time as ever in the women's game. If you're not watching the WTA Tour, you absolutely should. But again, that's where things stand right now at the Western Southern Open and in Chicago. Of course, if you missed my men's recap, just scroll up or down on your mini break podcast feed. Again, live show, 4 p.m., Tennis Point Tent. You don't want to miss out. A shout-out, as always, to super producers Max Leiner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout-out as well to our friends at Tennis Point. Remember, it's tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With all of that said, for Super Producers Fliegner and Westoff, for our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, that's the break, and hopefully we'll see you all at Cincy later today. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 